And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 17, your championship, we hope. Maybe it's a two-week championship. That's also kind of like, okay. But don't you tell us that that championship is week 18. We're not hearing it. We, yes, it is the uh, Wolfpack, the three best friends anyone ever had. Jake Seeley in the house, all in kid. Brandon Funston, same name on the Twitter. I am Chris Welsh, at Is It The Welsh. We are all here to kind of hodgepodge you out a championship game. No formal, uh, at least, you know, form big formula as, as we've done in episodes uh, throughout the year, just because week 17 is definitely kind of its own monster. And we're seeing a lot of that, Jake, where we are going to be, we spent about almost 10 minutes off air figuring out what is going on with the biggest piece of news that dropped literally as we were hitting record on this podcast that the Broncos are sitting Russell Wilson for the rest of the year. They are just straight out, hands up, no liability. We're not doing it. Jared Stidham is going to be the starter for the next two weeks. And this is all due to contractual cap hell that we are trying to all figure out, Jake. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought we figured it out. Well, I guess we 30, did, but still. The $37 million bonus kicks in for next year, which doubles down his contract in what is owed. It's, a very, it's the owed versus dead cap versus what goes against their cap. It's all coming to play. They if still, he can't he's, pass a physical, I just want to point out right, that. Right, if he can't, thing, yeah. by the start of next season, he's still his contract's still locked in for next season. It's just his cap hit almost doubles with that bonus kicks in because the bonus arsenal carries past next year. This is really about not having to double down his contract what hits their cap next year. They're still under contract for 2024, under contract for 2025. After that, they can start having a conversation. But this just has to do with how much the cap hit's going to be next year if he was hurt to open the start of next season. But the point is, he's not a quarterback, which meant... Right as we started the show, I moved down Javante Williams. I moved down Cortland Sutton, who might not even play. I moved down Jerry Judy. Actually, no, that's not true. I ticked up Jerry Judy two spots because of how Stidham plays. So I actually moved him up two spots, uh, which is really ir- like reg- like irrelevant. I mean, who cares? Jerry Judy at this point. But uh, it's more about Sutton and Javante, although Javante's barely been playable as it is. Yeah, so, and sometimes there's some of those like type of moves we've got to deal with in week 17 injuries and only so much we can battle. And there might only be one or two type of player. Who knows? Maybe there's a Judy out there that someone is going to be faced with the decision. But Brandon, we were kind of almost doing the um, the always sunny meme of Charlie just with the mat. We're like, wait, wait, OK, if he goes here and he does this with the Russell Wilson. But I think I guess we did kind of figure that out. This all just came from simply not getting hurt and being able to pass a physical next week, but it's caused a bunch of commotion. And I don't know. I mean, the, the amount of the named quarterbacks we're going to have in week 17 is getting really, really gross. Yep. Yeah. I think Denver just basically signaled that we are taking every step from here on out to mitigate the damage of the Russell Wilson contract to us. So whatever moves need to be made going forward so that we can, get out of this with the least amount of financial impact. 
they are going to make those moves. Yeah, and that's what and that's what they did. And um, the the, the eye opener also was like they're still technically in a playoff race, but you know it would have taken Guess it would have probably. Yeah, it would have taken one of those like Rube Goldberg type of situations for them to bup, 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 and this perfect little scenario hits where they could have done it. Like the entire AFC North has a better record than the Broncos. So you'd have had to like. Win well, I think they they've won this year. Like, I think the fan base is back in. They feel good about where things are going under Sean Payton. And this is just a step like getting all the way to the playoffs was probably too much to ask. Anyways, I think people are going to be happy. Like, OK, yeah, let's let's figure out how we take the next step and how we get out of Russell Wilson as quickly as possible. I like it. Jake, is there, um, what is the, is like the air, the grievances type of thing? I'll say, is there any like championship fantasy football championship air, the grievances that you'd like to have, especially as we're Festivus, you mean Festivus. Yeah. Our, this will be our fantasy Festivus where we're out of Christmas. We're just about into the new year. This is the last episode before a brand new year starts, but you know, week 17, there can always be, I don't know, just some people. Oh my gosh, I was the highest scoring person and I didn't do blah, 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 blah. How, what is your fantasy festivus? It could be, oh, I don't know, a sixth place team in a big important league picking up uh, someone on waivers uh, during the championship of the flex leagues. It, you oh, know, no, who I'll knows just, of what it could be? Uh, I'll, I'll go back to it from last week. How about, uh, I'll give you mine. If I, I thought you were talking about what's the most common one I'm seeing, no, uh, I will give you the one that I was rolling along in flex live snake and that I won seven, I was seven and one when all my matchups missed one tie break towards the downstretch at to just sneak into the playoffs. The last seed I waited at Camara. I was waiting on all these injuries. I was playing the long game. Nobody wanted to trade with me. I'm like, fine, played the long game, snuck in and I was rolling and I was still rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. Get Jamie Eisenberg last week. He has Brock Purdy only scores 117. But it didn't matter because Kamara, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Trey McBride, and the Colts defense combined for less than 15 points. That's all you need to know is that I, I had the matchup. I was ready to go. I was like, man, I'm going to be, you know, the upset king. And yeah, it was miserable. Like my wide receivers alone were, I mean, DK Metcalf outscored my other three wide receivers. That's all you need to know. And DK Metcalf only had 13.6. Yeah, Sam Laporta hurt my Some heart. of those things happened. Like, it, everything could have possibly went wrong. At least I didn't face George Pickens and Amari Cooper in the same team like I saw some people. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, there also has to be an element of, like, we just put our hands up and it's like, okay, we just don't have control. Like, I had the same thing. I had a guillotine team that was a monster and Tyreek didn't do much. Camara, nothing. Laporta, not, I mean, everybody that got me there just kind of failed. I did have one, my my most important league, 16-team keeper league. I thought I lost, so I didn't look at my matchup because I was so mad and angry. And then I found out the next day I won because I had stuck myself into starting the Ravens defense against the 49ers, which I was so upset about. They literally scored like 25 points and they put me into the championship because I beat the other guy by three. So I guess I can't complain. Brandon, do you have a fest, a fantasy festivus here? You want to air, air out your grievances of uh, we should all play roto football or, you know, we should play to week 18 or we should end in week 13 or I don't know, you know, we should pay out the guy that finishes first, whatever the, there's the same grievances are always out there. Yeah, no, nothing major. I mean, I had to remember to freeze rosters immediately when the playoffs started because one team started just cutting its whole team for no apparent reason whatsoever. And someone was still like wanting to, you know, play the waivers, even though they weren't in the actual playoffs. And so I had to like roll back some rosters and like you know, reprimand people and tell them to stop being idiots and stuff. Yep. But um, that was annoying. I would just say it in general, like 
this year sucked from the standpoint that, you know, a huge game is on literally Christmas Eve and Christmas. And the run up to that is, you know, people's lives are crazy. So I was having a hell of a time, like trying to keep track. I had four teams going, you know, and trying to keep track of injury information. And frankly, I got, I wouldn't have mattered. I did lose in the flex uh, semifinals. I had Josh Jacobs in my lineup and I did mm. not get him. I did not have an option to replace him by the time I figured out he wasn't going to play, but I lost by way more than that would have mattered anyways. Um, but I was just annoyed, you know, at that, and that, <laughs> that, that all came down right on Christmas Eve and Christmas day, you know, it's like, God, the biggest time of the year is basically also the biggest time of the year for us being distracted. Everyone's all happy. And Brandon's just sitting there just sulking like, Oh, Brandon, <laughs> what's wrong? You're like, Josh Jacobs is out. Christmas is ruined. This is ridiculous. Yeah, so I, basically, I Josh Jacobs ruined my Christmas. No doubt about yeah, it. Well, <laughs> probably not the only one. So, <laughs> all right, little uh, fantasy festivus. Air out the grievances, and we'll hear all of them next week as well. Uh, should have. Uh, uh, all right, could have, could have, would have, should have. That's that? uh, how it, that's how it goes. Uh, Should have. It's like I've seen it for the whole week, and it's like, hey, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm happy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I skirted in on a championship that is being manned by Jake Browning. And let's see if Browning cannot be who Browning was uh, this past week. I actually got a question for him here uh, in just a tiny bit. So it's kind of a hodgepodge. If you guys are looking for Jake's ranks, they're up and you should check them out. Very invaluable. Obviously not telling anybody, Hey, go, you know, sign up today to get your week 17 ranks, but you should be in preparation. Yeah. I mean, you could, but my point is, is like you should, you should do it now for more preparation for next year. So you just don't have to think about it. So you've got access to the ranks and the waivers all year long and all the off-season content. So it doesn't even true. have to be a thing. And that's what there I would suggest because I perused through the article. It was very great. Um, this week, you also had the Photoshopped Jake <laughs> Seeley uh, cartoon versions uh, with, that you do with Pat Mayo. Those were those are pretty classic. There, there are a couple of good ones. All I would say is this. Did you, you vote? Ever, I haven't yet. If you okay. If you've ever wanted to see Jake Photoshopped as his favorite cartoon characters or some just not even cartoon you and you can go and vote on the best one jake there, there are a couple that took me uh, i took me back a little bit that kind of scared me what was your favorite jake or do you want to even give your favorite? no i didn't I, the problem was is i couldn't figure i was originally just going to rank them that was going to be my fun with ranks this week is one through 14 and then i was actually talking to nicole i'm like man i don't know whether to go with the one that looks the coolest or the that the fact that's darkwing duck and i go with him or the funniest with the teenage mutant ninja turtles which that's i thought was going to be winning it's it's not winning i'm so i thought that was for I, sure going to win my Jake, favorite Jake, it, it, the best photoshop i'm just going to point out here whether it's your favorite or not there's some really good ones in here like there's a star wars one can i one. guess which one you're going to say is the best one uh, no, I don't know if I have a best one. My favorite is the Ninja Turtles. I will tell you, I do think there's one that is terrifying, and you can guess that one. Oh, terrifying! The, I thought you were gonna say which one was is the it? The one is Mar- Mario Lopez. Yes, the Saved by the <laughs> Bell one is a Pat. Pat I wasn't sure which one was Jake back. at first, and then I was like, "Oh, I think they're making Jake Mario Lopez there." Both, yeah. both are terrifying looks. Both Pat and you; those do scare me. But the the video games are are all really classic. These are all really great. But my favorite is you as uh, Vanilla Ice being held up by the Ninja Turtles. That, was, that alone that is Nicole's favorite. So that, it, anyway, this was her idea to put it into poll form and let people vote instead of my doing my ranks. I thought you were going to say which one was the best dime. So the one that was best done, I'll let everybody speak to Nicole. My wife, by the way, is the suits one. She legitimately said, did you frost your tips for a picture? Like she yeah. looked at like she looked at it. She's like, why are you wearing a suit? And what did you do to your hair for the picture? And I was like, no, that's that's photoshopped Harvey from suits. 
Yeah, I, you know, actually, I think the um, the that is pretty the, good. The what is what is it? Goku or the the anime one? I'm the, I don't do anime. Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. The Dragon Ball one. That one that actually. Creepy. I think that actually might be one of the best because it, like the the Photoshop works with the animation and stuff. But but again, you as anyway. Vanilla Ice is like <laughs> so. yeah. Save by the Bell is winning right now. Really, that one is the most terrifying. <laughs> like the <laughs> yeah, go check it out. Uh, you can get all that great stuff. I highly and I imagine Brandon, you must have had a grand time looking at this, editing this, and seeing all of those and being like, "Yep, this is where." Well, this is the I point was, of the I was kind at. of following him and Nando talking about in the thread about how you're going to put a poll in there, and I wasn't really, you know, I hadn't looked to see what was talked about by what we were polling, and then I went there and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is crazy. This is amazing." Yeah, oh, you know the the Star Wars one actually might be the cleanest edit of all of them. That was the very first one of the year. Oh yeah, Pat. Uh, Pat is uh whatever Adam Driver, and you is I don't know any of their names. <laughs> Kylo Ren, like Kylo like Ren, Ren. Obi Wan, the, the Gandalfy one at the end. I kind of like too. Yeah, no, that one is definitely good. That'd be his, so that one, his graphic guys did completely from scratch on his own because at a T-shirt. And it's the fancy football wizard, and it was legitimately yeah. a wizard on a unicorn, and that's where he got that from. <laughs> yeah, though they're very, very good. So uh, lock into all of those; those made me laugh. But I went through and we picked out some stuff here because it's a little bit different in Championship Week. Hey, you're gonna have uh, to put that all at the end of the episode at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, we're fine. It's week 17. Come on. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, uh, let, let's talk about a few of the other things. We already talked about uh, the Broncos situation. We have more quarterback news. Jacoby Brissett has been named the starter this week against the 49ers in Washington. So Sam Howell experience is done, at least for this week. Jake, um, highs or lows for Jacoby as the quarterback? Uh, I, mean, I guess it's not about, I'm not going to try to tout Jacoby here for any desperate, desperate team like me who has Jake Browning, but what do you think that does to the weapons around him? Positive or negative? I think it makes <laughs> weapons plural. I say one. Yeah, sorry. I say it's a bad matchup with the 49ers, but I think it makes McLaurin more of a boom than the bust version. He's still boom or bust, but I think it gives him a little bit more boom. I kind of mentioned it in the column and even said this before is it's the Joe Flacco is what Brissett's doing. Like Flacco is just he's taking ease. He's having fun. He's just chucking the ball down, feeling like I don't care. Defense is great. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. What do I have to lose? And he's just playing like free spirited. And it's a very small sample, but both times Brissett has come in, it's doing the same thing. He's just like, well, I'm just going to, what, what do I got to lose? I'm not even starting this game. Might not even start next week. I'm just going to chuck it downfield. He's already talked about retiring. So the biggest thing is, again, small sample, but he's over 2.6 yards 
per attempt of his career mm. high, not his career norm, his career high. This is a guy we've known to keep it short, to keep it simple, to keep the checkdowns, the tight ends, and he's just chucking it downfield. Again, now they were losing both games, nothing to care about when he came in. The 49ers are different. But the point being is I think there's a little bit some more appeal for Terry McLaurin. He took more shots downfield. He threw to Terry McLaurin more consistently than Sam Howell has been spreading around, and Sam Howell's favorite option so far is still continue to be Curtis Samuel. So that's all. It just it just makes McLaurin from pretty much benchable to hit. You might play him as a high se- Gabe Davis wide receiver three now. Yeah, I've got and I've got a McLaurin question. We'll get to later. Brandon, is there anything else on this situation? I mean, Curtis Samuel has been kind of a lock all year. I don't know if this changes in your mind. Obviously, McLaurin started to pop with Brissett. Forty Nine ers secondary it's just been garbage. So you know they can throw, and that's going to be Washington's thing. Is there anybody else that pops for you, or is this just kind of a McLaurin or bus game? Yeah, I think Jake's, I think I pretty much echo everything Jake said. I think from a non-fantasy standpoint, it's kind of interesting because Eric Bieniemy has done nothing to hurt his stock, even though this Washington team is, you know, close to firing Ron Rivera. And I don't know if you guys saw the kind of the rumblings that they're wondering if, if the Chiefs make, assuming the Chiefs make the playoffs and Rivera and, and crew get fired, that the Chiefs might reach out and grab Bieniemy to come run the offense again. So, um that would be a, that would be an interesting turn of events as we head into the playoffs. That would actually. Um, we also another turn of events we had was in New York. Brandon, we'll start with you on this one. The Tommy DeVito experience is <laughs> over. He Shocker. has been benched. Yeah, for Tyrod Taylor. Um, all the jokes online are clearly about the Rayo sauce. As soon as you have your canned sauce or your bottled sauce, you lose your job. But he's also, you know, not good. So that might be a more more of a reason to focus on outside of the uh, marinara sauce, but you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you, your take is here. Tyrod Taylor in at quarterback. Does it change anything for you on any of the way? I mean, we can always have this conversation. What giant do you have in the championship? What championship team is rostering a giant at this point? But is there anybody that you know in desperation Barkley. you're floating around? Maybe a Barkley. I mean, think- yeah, I think if you, if you talk about the passing game, I think it's Darren Waller. That's that's it, right? Like he's someone that some I, I played him last week over Tyler Conklin. That was my choices, and uh, you know actually worked didn't work out. I actually should have played Tyler Conklin. It didn't it didn't change by a whole lot, but. The one thing was Darren Waller caught two passes on like basically the final drive from Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good, but he also looked like he was basically breaking right in front of my eyes. Like he looked hurt on both times that he caught the ball. So I don't even know if he's going to be that healthy this week. So I think the general, the general point here is it's much like the commanders. It's one guy and bust and that's Saquon Barkley. If there, by the way, did your dog come running to you when you did that, Jake? Yeah, Barkley. You, you just you just yelled Barkley randomly. When, yeah, yeah. No, when I said Barkley, she <laughs> yeah, of course. Came up. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm not like I don't know the Barkley teams are there. And now she's but, confused. Now she's Nicole just came downstairs and I said it again, and now she's like kind of going back and forth. She yeah, she bar- she just like gets on all fours. She's like, am, "Are you calling me or not? What are we doing here?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tyrod Taylor added to this awesome group of quarterback names that are going to be starting in week 17. I, we, we will look back on the quarterbacks and we'll be like, oh yeah, this is why we don't play into week 18. Like you want to push it as early as you possibly can. The only other piece of news, uh, TJ Hawkinson officially out for the year, uh, tore all the stuff and there might, there might be some concern for next year. Jake, do you have any concern for Hawkinson like next year as far as recovery? Cause I think it was ACL and MCL. Was yeah. It was? It was double. I, I think this really just comes into play of, not quite Cooper Cup. I mean, even it's tight end. It's it's tough because Hawkinson's top five. So you can play the Cooper Cup situation where it's like, all right, even if I miss him for four weeks, 
But when you have both, it could be he comes back in week six. And what if he's Javante Williams? Like in that aspect of like, Javante is a good, hey, let's remember him next year if he's fifth, sixth round still and take a chance that he just wasn't 100%. As we've seen some running backs like Brees Hall, great. Javante Williams, not so much. Like sometimes these things happen. So it's concerning that it might be next year. Hawkinson doesn't even look like himself for the entire season, but it's tight end. So you're going to take that chance. So, so I'm assuming as of today, I mean, what would you say, Funston? He gets drafted in like eighth round just because you know the upside if he gets anywhere close to what he was. Yeah, I will say that I think we're going to go into next year, though, thinking that it's not going to be such a dearth of of talent at tight end because of the, the actual like, year. No, but this was a legit solid rookie class. And before Luke Musgrave went out for the year, he was he was bubbling up and Dalton Kincaid. And like there's there's a lot, I think, to like next year to tight end more than more so going into this year. Guys like Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson weren't like huge names for us going into this year. But and Evan Ingram had like a and, you know, he's going to have a hundred catch season, you know. So, like, I think there's going to be more to think about a tight end, which means that we may not reach for the idea that TJ Hawkinson comes back healthy quite as high, but I think we're still going to reach a little bit for sure. You might have to do those pairings. You might be like, I'll take Tucker craft at tight end 10, and then I'll take Hawkinson a little bit after and have, you know, craft be the guy early on or, or however you must grave. That's what I like. I, so. Yeah, no, yeah. Musgrave as well. Yeah. hundred percent. And it was an MCL and an ACL. So that's a big thing. You could look to Josh Oliver through the rest of this year. If you are playing beyond just even this week, Josh Oliver should uh, be the t- main tight end, whatever type of leagues you're in. If you're making those decisions where you're like, hey, it, it, Brennan, if you had the decision this week between Conklin or now Oliver, what side <laughs> would you go with? Jeez, mm, I <laughs> I don't know. I have, a, I have a feeling that it could be option C. I, I'll be I'd, I'd scour the, I'd scour the waiver wire <laughs> Somebody for else. another option to, to put in there. Maybe maybe Oliver. I just know Josh lo- Oliver love. Jeez. I mean, I'm, I might just for chase what? potential unknown upside of Oliver versus like the Conklin four for 36 experience, you know, or three for 36 no. experience, you know, uh, no. so it's Johnny Munt who gets the touchdown. He's still yeah. on the Vikings. Like, oh, yeah, I yeah. do. love. Yeah, that, that's always a good play. Uh, here's a couple of questions that come straight from Jake's article for this week for your championship week and a couple of players you highlighted. So let's touch on them. Would you roll out the touchdown god to Marcus Robinson? And I give you a who'd you rather. I know the rank, but let's just put it to test for both of you guys. Demarcus Robinson or a Drake London. So you're talking like back in wide receiver three. Robinson can kind of float around those spots, but they have been getting him the ball consistently. So, Brandon, let's start with you. Demarcus Robinson or Drake London? Uh, that's that's interesting. I would have said before yesterday, I would have said Drake London. But then I read Jake's little note about how little Drake London is targeted with Taylor Heineke. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and Demarcus Robinson's basically sucked up all of the snaps of Tutu Atwell and Ben Skoranek Vine. He basically plays, he's on the field as much as Cooper Cup and Puka uh, Nakua is now. So I might chase that touchdown upside with the fact that Demarcus Robinson is actually out there and in play a lot. So I think I'm going to go Demarcus Robinson on this one. Jake, I know where the ranks are. I can check the link, but uh, sitting on it here, anything, you know, maybe you could even put into context like you're you're trying to swing for the fences type of play, you know, projected behind. Is there anything that gets you Mark Demarcus Robinson over London? Uh, well, so does Demarcus Robinson set the season high for most touchdown 
consecutive games at five. There's been other players who've done it four, but I mean, he would tie the league lead for five with some of the elites this year. I just, that's, if he doesn't get it, I mean, what are you going to get three for 40 something? Like I have him close though. So if you want, I'm not going to argue too much with Funston on this. And I, yeah, the number he's referring to is that there's not even 8% of the team targets that go to Drake London when Heineke's under center. Heineke actually spreads it around, throws it to the tight end some more. So I get it. I, I would honestly say at this point, the funny thing is, is that London is the boom bust play. <laughs> like, that's like Robinson said, like, if he doesn't get the touchdown, I, I said, what, three for 40 something? That's still more than London might get. Yeah, so, that was my point when you said that. I was be like, so what's London's line look like then if you're not happy with three for 42? They because- both have a ceiling, but I still think that you, you could always, like, if Heineke just happens to wake up and lock in on him and get some 10 targets, the ceiling's still higher. It's a bad matchup, though, too. So, uh, I would actually say the, the safest is Robinson. And then if you want to argue, hell, this is one of those situations. This is my ranks early Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Projections are tomorrow. If the projections come out as boom, Demarcus Robinson, I'll be like, okay, I'm convinced. A lot of times I run my projections. So it's ranks, projections, ranks. So that's how I do it. And because I come back around after my projections, this is one of the ones where like I would let it decide for me. Like that's how close it is. Okay. I like that. So Demarcus Robinson might be, a play for you championship week, everybody <laughs> could be, he really could be. That's where we're at. And I'll bet you the team does have an understanding of that touchdown record. That's sitting on the line. That's something that's going to be floating out there. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're going to go for. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. I was trying to play for something. Jake, um, this one, I'll make it like a dual part here. Stroud was practicing on Wednesday. So it's a good sign for him to get back into action. It, this is the two parter Stroud back on the matchup. How high do you want or will you put Nico Collins? Like, can Nico Collins be a wide receiver? One, I've seen some discourse out there uh, putting him over some big wide receivers. And is Noah Brown a huge beneficiary this week as in a must, must play? Jake, we'll start with you. Start with Funston. We'll start with Funston. Funston, we'll start with you. Nico, wide receiver one. Noah Brown must start with Stroud. Uh, I quickly did a ranking. I didn't do all my rankings this week because um, I'm not like Jake where I have to push him out to the masses. But uh, I, I saw this one. So I quickly did a ranking. I ended up with Noah Brown at 32. So I feel like he's a I feel like he's a solid wide receiver play. I just gave three play for Nico. I probably going to run up against that top 20 lid and think that and he lands like right right around there. Maybe just borderline top 20. 20-ish, maybe as high as 19. I don't think I'm going to push him all the way to wide receiver one, though. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Jake, now you, you almost in your early ranks have Nico as a wide receiver one, but what do you think the discourse 14. around Stroud being there? Yeah, I think as long as Stroud's out there, Nico Collins top 15 play. I have Nico Collins in front of Devonta Smith against Arizona, which if you want to nitpick, I'm fine about that. I have Nico Collins in front of Amari Cooper, even as good as Amari Cooper has been in that share, but he's facing the Jets. Now, I mean, I have Amari Cooper still inside my top 20, but... Nico Collins over Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that's that was the one I saw on Devontae Adams. Earlier. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, when you don't even throw a pass for three quarters, I like there's there's some names that I definitively play. And Noah Brown's not far behind him. Noah Brown's at 30. Like Noah Brown has top 15 upside as well. Noah Brown over all the Packers, Deontay Johnson, uh, Rashid Shahid, who I, I'm pretty high on over Cortland Sutton, assume, like even if healthy. That was actually Cortland Sutton with Russell Wilson. So forget that now, too, on top of it. <laughs> very, very close. And that's where we're sitting uh, with Stroud back into play. We talked about this. I guess this one has changed a little a little bit because Russ Wilson is out. But I, I just wanted to hit on this point on what you wrote in the article. It was you brought up Marvin Mims and the potential of Sutton not being there. Judy jumps up, but you kind of highlighted Mims here. A, your excitement <laughs> to Mims if Sutton isn't there, but B, with no Russ Wilson, has any of that changed? Jake, like is Mims a big dart throw you're willing to get out there without Sutton, but also without Russ? He's still there if the, the assumption what the write-up was for. So I have Mims. I mean, he's as of right now, he's wide receiver five, six range. It's like kind of desperation. He's getting more use late, but this also comes down to we know it's no Russell Wilson. So, you know, maybe Stidham likes him. I mean, this is one of those scenarios where we don't know who Stidham's going to like the most, but it comes down to uh, Mims was mostly in play even with Stidham, if Sutton's not out there, then because then he's potentially a top two. Although watch Brandon Johnson just catch two touchdowns or something stupid again. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, so I was just going to say that, like, why are we talking Marvin Mims when little Jordan Humphrey and I was about to little Jordan <laughs> Humphrey. Yeah. <laughs> they, they both, they both played more snaps and they both actually scored more fantasy points because they both got in the end zone. Um, you know, and that was you know, basically Cortland Sutton scoring a touchdown a week. So they were the guys that, benefited from the so Marvin Mims 
I mean, that was a season high, four catches. And it wasn't a season high in yards, but he's kind of like completely, mostly missed. And every once in a while, a really big hit, you know. This is, but this is the time I just want to point out. This is where Marvin Mims has two big weeks. So we all talk about him next year. Just, just that little taste, you know, a couple end of rounds, couple catches, touchdown. Chris, this is championship week, man. I don't know if we can, I don't know if we're (laughs) going to drive that narrative into your championship lineup. Yeah, I just no, no, know. no, not into the championship lineup. We can't start it, but I'm just saying this is the thing that's going to keep <laughs> Marvin Mims hope alive for next year where we talk about it. But you got to be disparate. Uh, one more on these, and then we're going to play some season on the line ranks here. CEH, the you ha- you posed a great question, Jake, in there. I mean, CEH could be one of those few players that are sitting out there if there was no Pacheco, where it could be a game changer for your lineup, especially if you're in some desperation need. But I wanted to touch on the idea that Pacheco is still there. Everybody else is out. And we we saw CEH getting involved, maybe not as much on the early front. Would you, with CEH, would you go Judy or CEH with Pacheco? If, let's say, let's say Sutton plays. And we'll start with you, Brandon. Who would you rather have? I guess we could even, I feel like you're going to say Judy immediately if there's no Sutton, but screw it. Let's do no Sutton. Judy with no Sutton or CEH with Pacheco. I couldn't decide. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with Jake. I think Stidham works better with Judy. And so, and with no Sutton, I would lean towards who I would expect to be the, the number one receiver for the Broncos. Uh, what if there so, was no Pacheco and it was CEH soul versus Judy? That, 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 that's just, yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's just CEH. Yeah. <laughs> All Jake, is there a scenario where Pacheco plays that CEH gets into some flex lineups, or do you think the wide receiver grouping is too good in that too guy air quotes of too good, but like just better options to go with outside of hoping CEH has another, you know, in zone catch or get some of that goal line usage. No, when Pacheco's out there, it's Pacheco. Pacheco's nearly a bell cow, or I mean, bell cow, top five bell cow, 70, 80% of the workload when he's out there. So if they're going to say he's healthy, the magic of concussions being fixed at the end of the season is fun. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if he's out there, I wouldn't risk CEH outside of some deep leagues. It, but, I mean, it really comes down to, why I said it's no discussion. That's in the article, too. There's only been three running backs this year that haven't even scored a dozen 12-plus points against the Bengals. And strangely enough, they're all, like, decent names. Kyron Williams, but that was Kyron Williams back when he was just taking over. Uh, James Cook, bad game. And that was before Dorsey was being fired. And then Zach Moss would have had it, but he got the touchdown called back. So it's kind of even those you can kind of see that Bengals can't stop anybody on the ground. What would CEH be if Pacheco is ruled out? Well, you already know. I don't have Pacheco in my lineup. Oh, yeah, I guess you uh, Yeah, I guess I I completely missed it. So, okay, we'll say the number. You can tell us exactly. 17. Yeah. So and you'd have you'd start him over Elliott and Chuba Hubbard and Ty Chandler and James Conner and Aaron Jones and Tony Pollard and Brees Hall. Uh-huh. Those are quite the names. Yeah, those are quite the names. So CEH could be uh, one of the big guys we talk about in championship week with your season and your championship on the line. You are faced with Baker Mayfield or Trevor Lawrence, Brandon Funston. What quarterback are you going with in week 17? And why uh, I'm going to go Mayfield? with it's Baker Mayfield, because <laughs> I think look at throw the name. I mean, 
look at these guys are both number one overall picks. So I was going to say throw like the, you know, the name brand out, but they're, they the both have <laughs> the, the blooms off the roads for both of these guys. They're, I think you got to kind of look at them as the same quarterback. And then you look at the matchup and frankly, we're here in week 17 and Carolina has allowed two quarterbacks to throw for more than 238 yards. The highest on the season was like Geno Smith early in the year at like 290. One other quarterback has like 268 and all the rest are, are 238 and under not very many multiple touchdown games. And part of the fact is Carolina is terrible and teams get leads and they don't throw on them a whole lot, but they also like the best part of their defense is their pass defense. So I think the matchup favors Baker. I would play Baker over Trevor Lawrence echoed Mr. Jake Seeley. I mean, I'm the one that skewed the question. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> did you want, did you feel compelled at all? Like I wanted to ask this, but it's like, I see it in the rank and I can already hear Jake being like, well, my rank says, well, and I am like, okay, but like Tua versus Baltimore is one spot above Baker versus new Orleans. I just wondered how, how close you were to being like, screw it. We're riding with Baker championship week over at Tua. Mm, I'll give permission if people want it. How about that? Baker, like, honestly, Baker's safer. Yeah, I mean Jalen Waddle's dicey with that ankle sprain. I don't think Yeah, that's but happening. I don't have Jalen Waddle in. And the, the fact is though, but going through it is that it's more of a Tyreek Hill thing. Is that Tua is still ninety percent Tua without Waddle. He's like fifty percent Tua without Tyreek Hill. He can make yeah. this up. And if you go to the column as well, I mentioned this in the well the offset could not just only be Cedric Wilson or Durham Smythe, because you get some use from the tight end. Is that Achan's workload goes up whether Tyreek or Jalen Waddle come off the field. One of those being off the field, and he's almost got double the team target percentage and gets a ten percent, almost ten percentage points boost in his touches. Wouldn't you know it? What a transition season on the line. Two running backs to decide from: Austin Eckler or Devon Achan. Jake, still Eckler. One spot in front of him. <laughs> it comes down to one spot. Like, like I, I trust Eckler. I trusted Eckler last week, but he was still only a fringe RB two. He should have been higher. But what it comes down to is he had almost eighty two percent of the work last week. They still won him. But what happened the week before that? He was gone by the second quarter, middle of the second quarter. And what I pointed out in the column is that he's getting the use when the games are close. And the Broncos have only gotten three games winning by a touchdown plus. And now with Stidham, this points to like, yeah, this is going to be a one score game. Basically, if it's a one score game, Austin Eckler's getting all the work. Austin Eckler doesn't get the work when it's skewed either way. When it's a double score game or two score, double score, two score game, plus or minus. This shouldn't be, we expect this shouldn't be one of those games. So I would still go Eckler. And honestly, with that news, I might even push him up a few spots. Not too many more, though. Oh, that's important, though, because currently Eckler nor Achan are RB2s in your rank. So a couple spots yeah. could change uh, Eckler to bumping up into an RB2. Brandon, I, same thing. I could really? even Sorry, I was going to say, no, I no, could no. even see the conversation with Tony Pollard versus Eckler now. And Pollard, uh, twenty. yeah, I mean, so you're, you'd be putting him into like a more comfortable RB2 range, which, by the way, would be great for me because championship week, I'm riding. I mean, look at Eckler Pollard here. last let, 17th nice finish with eight for 37 against Philly on the ground, uh, receiving and 34th against Buffalo, 46th against Miami. And then, even, you know, he had that little stretch where we got excited again against Carolina, Washington, Seattle. Oh, by the way, what can they do? Stop the run. And then before that, it was 38, 28, 37, 11, 31, 27. Like, I think you just talked yourself into Eckler over Pollard. 
I'll do it right now on the show. Screw Let's you. go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Brandon, I feel like if we were doing the rank show and it was just you and I, we would be talking about, you know, Eckler's usage bumping up this past week and then going up what is what is still one of the worst season total defenses in the Broncos and a theoretical just like, well, we're going to hang it up here with the backup quarterback coming in. So that we're kind of primed here for Eckler, but then you also have this case of like with one of those guys out, a chance production can kind of bump up Eckler or a chan for you. It's Eckler right now. I mean, before he had that awful game where he got pulled and they lost by 40 to Las Vegas, he had a hundred yards, a touchdown and five catches against the team. He'll be playing, you know, in the Broncos. So good matchup. We feel good about his workload again. Um, as Jake mentioned, this should be a, a competitive enough game where he hangs around in it. One thing I'll say is I, where are we at on the Raheem Mostert? Like he didn't play. He was out. Are we sure that he's a hundred percent going to be playing this week? Cause if he's out, that changes it. I definitely go. I'd oh yeah. Go that, that makes all the difference right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, touchdown hog and Mostert a hundred percent. Last one. Let's go to wide receivers. Your season on the line. How about Terry McLaurin with his new bestie, Jacoby Brissett? <laughs> or George Pickens after the monster week that helped nobody. So, Mr. Brandon Funston, you had your season on the line week 17. Which wide receiver are you going with? I can't go against my Seahawks, man. I think the Seahawks have shut down, shut down the Steelers offense. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with McLaurin. I, I just think that there's more. I, I think there's probably more touchdown upside with Pickens, but I don't know that there's even going to be, you know, I don't know. The likelihood that McLaurin could get five or six catches versus McLaurin getting like three catches and not scoring a touchdown. I, I'd rather chase the McLaurin side of that. Like, I just, I think that we're too hit or miss with Pickens in this one. Jake, do you think Pickens is still like a, can turn into a pumpkin and just, you know, big old donuts served to everybody? Well, so Faustin's probably referencing in my column, I mentioned this. So since week three, uh, because the first two or three games, the Seahawks were complete utter trash on defense. Yeah. But since since then, there's been three wide receivers that have topped 90 yards against them. Three all year. CeeDee Lamb, and then same game, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. They kind of tells you. And they haven't faced slouches for every single game outside of that. I mean, they have faced some, but it's not been a, like a cakewalk for the rest of the year. That being said, you know, it's also George Pickens' first 100-yard game since week seven. But it is Mason Rudolph, and I'm going to give the slightest of slight of slight edges just because it's not the 49ers to George Pickens. They're only two spots apart. McLaurin moved up, and he's, I still didn't move him past Pickens. This is another one, like, if you want to go McLaurin, I don't have a problem with it. I just think, like, if Mason Rudolph, it, and they've already said he is, for all intents and purposes, they alluded to it as much as you can allude to something. Mason Rudolph and George Pickens, I'll I'll chase it one more time. And I, I'm the person that was kind of saying, don't do it. I just did all in football with me and Lauren. I was like, don't go chasing him and slamming inside your top 20 ranks. But I would still take him barely over McLaurin. All right, there you go. Those are some uh, things for you to chew on for week 17. You guys got your lineups. You know, don't get too cute in the championship week. Don't cry. Use so your bench. Much. Block your opponent. Oh, okay. So start dumping dumb bench players to pick up the players that the others but don't dump do. like running backs that they could put into their lineup. Just <laughs> look for ways to block them as many as many spots as you can. Would wait, but I don't. Would waivers clear in most leagues before Sunday games if you were to make the move today? I guess it probably what would, wouldn't it? Like, like oh, if you how were to long jump- is a turnaround? No, most yeah. leagues it's like a day or so. I mean, like yeah, if you're gonna drop, 
if they are screwing around and they have injury questions and you wait till Saturday or Sunday, depending on what your waiver turnover is before they're available again, definitely check that out. Like some sites are like 48 hours and then you can drop them on Friday. It'll tell you. Cause like when you yeah, do it'll show it the little what day, but yeah, like if you're not going to use Zeke, don't be like, Oh, I'm going to drop Zeke. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. I was going to say my home league, I got, I got I got veteran maneuvered by a guy in my league when going into that Monday night game, Jalen Hurts was questionable, and the guy made the early move to pick up Mariota and just put him on his bench, and I was screwed. Yeah, I, I had to basically throw Drew Locke on my bench and, <laughs> and hope that maybe if if Mariota played, that Drew Locke would play, and, and he ended up playing. But it, luckily, Hurts played, and it, it worked itself out. Yeah, what a, what an all time play that would have been. Oh, do you want me to give you one more Festivus as we get out of here? <laughs> yes, of course. I air the green. My home league that I blew up in like week six. Because of how wrong everything went to start this year, I don't. It's a super flex. I didn't even have a second quarterback. My only quarterback is I traded everything. Like, I have the dynasty squads of dynasty squads, and it's only a five man keeper. But anyway, I have one quarterback, Bryce Young. I was the second highest scoring team last week with one quarterback. Washington score over 150 points as everybody went ballistic with one quarterback. As I sit outside in the toilet bowl, that's the Amari, was that Amari Cooper. No, I don't even have Amari Cooper. That's the like you had to have no, because it's all it's all young people. Because I told you, I only have look here uh, real quick because everybody's already tuned out anyway. As soon as I said about my team, it was Young, Hall, Achan, <laughs> Ridley, Garrett Wilson, Puka Nakua, Kincaid, Wicks, and Jordan Addison was the starting lineup. Oh my god, it's pretty good. That's 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 unfortunate. It all blew up. That was pretty good. That's the what ifs. Right, Samir White on the bench. If only you were. <laughs> I had that. I had a league. I had Cooper in, and he had seventy points because it's like distance scoring and Holy first down scoring hell. and like it was, way, in, it was insane what was the grievance were you are you just you just want everybody to know you scored the no most i'm, that, I'm mad week. that my team's going off late in this after yeah. i destroyed my team i was at last place because i gave up in week six or after week six planning for next year and the last actual couple of weeks it's been going i mean look at the names i just listed including like josh downs and zamir white and stuff like that on the bench it's been going off it's been going nuts. The rebuild is going well. I think that's the big thing. Only other thing I would add um, in that whole bench conversation, pay attention to defenses. Don't be afraid if there's some good defensive matchups. Raiders pick those up and take the yeah, take them off the take them off the block for other people. Or don't be afraid to dump yours. It's a championship week. You know, go crazy, go nuts if you need to. This is it. Should be it. Don't play to week 18. That is it though for us. We'll be back next week. In a season recap form, it'll be the three of us again. You can find Jake on Twitter at All In Kid, Brandon Funson, same Brandon Funson on Twitter. You can find me at Is It the Welsh. Good luck, friends, and we will talk to you in the new year right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. 